Your brother Mike and good morning friends. We greet you this Wednesday morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're grateful for God's grace and His blessings and we appreciate our radio audience for the tuned in. May the Lord bless you today. Now, today we're going through the book of Second Peter, chapter number 3, talking about the long-suffering of God. I trust the message will be a blessing to your heart today. As we look here in the verse number 9 of Second Peter, chapter number 3, I want to focus upon this verse and talk about the long-suffering of God. The Scripture says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. He suffers long, amen, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Three thoughts I want to share with you today uh, regarding the long-suffering of God. First of all, we see in this verse, we see the promise of the Lord. He said in verse number 9, the Lord's not slack concerning His promise. Friend, you can take it to the bank. When God makes a promise, when the Lord makes a promise, it will come to pass. He's not slack concerning His promise. We have, first of all, the promise of His coming. Back uh, in verses number uh, 1 through 4, He talks about those that would uh, question and uh, those, the scoffers of the last days, saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For all things continue as they were since the fathers fell asleep. That's in verse number 4. But no, friend, listen. There is a time that the Lord Jesus is going to come in the clouds of glory, and he's not slack concerning his promise. Back in the book of Habakkuk, uh, the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, here regarding uh, the nation of Israel and their uh, bondage uh, because of their sin. In chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, the Bible tells us this, he said, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. He said he waits, said it will not tarry. And the scripture tells us in Hebrews 10, 37, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now, friend, we need to be aware of those that are trying to set dates and uh, that they know when the Lord's coming. No, friend, we, we do not know, but we have the promise of his precious word that he is going to come again. Hallelujah for that promise. Praise God for the hope that we have. Aren't you glad that it's not going to always be like this, but the Lord is going to come again. He told those troubled disciples there in John 14. He said, one of you is going to deny me. One's going to betray me. Uh, I'm going to be crucified. I'll be raised the third day. 
and I'm going back to heaven. And they were troubled about this. And he said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Hallelujah. I will come again. Yes, here we have the promise of his coming. The Lord is not slack uh, concerning his promise. You see, I may make a promise to you and have full intention of keeping uh, that promise, but circumstances and events may hinder me uh, from fulfilling that promise. But can I tell you, friend, he's God over all circumstances and over all, all events, and nothing is going to hinder him. Nothing or no one hindered him when he came and was born of the womb of the virgin there. And when he comes the second time, friend, no one or nothing will hinder him. I will uh, come again. In Acts 1 and verse number 11, uh, we find there after the, 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 uh, his 40 days after his resurrection, he went out to the Mount of Olives, and the Bible tells us that verse number 11, uh, that he ascended up to heaven, and there he sat down on the right hand of the Father, and two angels stood by in white apparel, said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, the same one you see going away, the same one that was born of a virgin, the same one uh, that walked the shores of Galilee, uh, the same one that healed the sick, that raised the dead, the same one that fed the multitudes, the same one uh, that was crucified, the same one that was buried, the same one that rose in victory on the third day, the same Jesus shall so come in like manner. I'm talking about the promise. He's not slack concerning his promise, the promise of his coming. You see, here's the promise not only of his coming, but here you have the promise uh, that the world will end. Verses 5 uh, through 12, it talks about uh, uh, in, in all of these verses here, that the fire, the the same word, the coming to fire, the great d judgment, uh, perdition of ungodly men, and he talks, keeps on going in, in here in all these verses, and reminds us in looking forward and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, when the heavens shall be on fire uh, and shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Yes, here is the promise that the world as we know it will one day come to an end. It's not going to always be like it is now, friend. Here is the promise. He's not slack concerning his promise, the promise of his coming, the promise of the, the world but in the promise of new heavens and a new earth. Verse number 13, nevertheless, we, according <coughs> To his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Yes, friend, there's going to be a new heaven 
and a newer sin has scarred this earth. Sin has brought destruction and devastation. Uh, but he said, according to his promise, uh, we look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I'm glad, hallelujah, I've already got reservations for that place. Amen. The promise of new heavens and new earth. And Isaiah 65, 17, he said, Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. In Revelation 21, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Thank God. That's the ho that's our home. That's where we're going to abide uh, throughout all the ceaseless ages. Yes, but here is the promise of God. He's not slack concerning his promise. I say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I say, great and great to be praised is our God. He gives a promise that he, my friend, cannot lie, and he cannot break that promise. He will keep that promise, and he, in, at the right time, he will come again. So you, you have uh, the promise of the Lord. And then in verse 9 again, you have the patience of the Lord. He said here, uh, but his long suffering, he suffers long, long suffering to us word. Uh, vine in his New Testament words uh, describe this word long-suffering as the quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation which does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. Yes, he's long-suffering. Can I say he suffered long with me? He suffered long. I, I wonder today, those that are listening uh, to my voice, uh, did you get saved? Probably not anyone that's listening that got saved the first time God dealt with your heart. But you know what? He was long-suffering. He suffered long with you. He kept on dealing and he kept on speaking. He kept on drawing you. What do you call that picture? He's long-suffering. You, you see, time is meaningless to him. Verse number 8 tells us, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Yes, time means nothing to him. He Here is the patience of the Lord. He's long-suffering uh, to usward. Psalm 90 and verse 4, uh, the psalmist said, A thousand years in thy sight are, are but as yesterday. Thank God for his patience. Thank God for his promise. But thank God for his patience. You, you see, he knows the end result of his long-suffering. Look at verse Number 15, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Oh, bless his name. Blessed be his great name. Uh, the end result of his long-suffering is that of salvation. As I said a moment ago, or oh, most of us, no doubt all of us, 
My friend did not get saved the first time he dealt with us, but he suffered long. He patiently waited. He kept on speaking. He kept on drawing. He kept on bringing conviction. You see, he wants people to be saved. That's his desire. That's why he came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, look at First Peter 3 and verse number 20. Here we see again the long-suffering of the Lord. Verse number, verse number 20, which sometimes were disobedient. Uh, let me read verse, verse 19. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved. Here we see again his long suffering in the days of Noah. God waited patiently. God suffered long. God waited and waited for the ark to be built, and thereby, because of that, Noah and his family were saved. Eight were saved. I'm talking about, friend, uh, the longs of the patience of God. He is long-suffering. Uh, Romans 2 and verse 4, the Bible tells us here uh, that the love of God uh, leadeth thee to uh, repentance. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 16 said, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Thank God uh, for his promise. Thank God for his patience. And, and then may I say thank God for his purpose. Verse number nine, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Here we see the purpose of God. It's not his will uh, that any should perish, that none uh, should perish, but that they all would come to repentance. We thank you for being tuned in today. And friend, if you're not saved, my prayer is that you'll come to him, repent of your sins, and be saved before it's eternally too late. May the Lord bless you till tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.